Welcome to the Center of Excellence Sales Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Genovese, Director at Oz Marketing and Sales Noob. With me, as always, Brad Taylor. Over here, number one. Corporate trainer with the number Center of Excellence. One. It's because look at how much weight he's lost. Look at him. Jeez. Withering away. I need your secret. I need your You're secret. You're back in running shape. I am in running shape. Yeah, you look shape. good. I've seen those medals. Tim came with a Batman suit. And today, if you don't know this, right. Brad actually has his shirt off. It's warm in here. <laughs> I have seen that man shirtless way too many times. Uh, <laughs> Said no one ever. With me as well, Oliver Young, Operations Director with the Young Automotive Group. So amped to be Always here. Always amped Tim. to be here. And we have a very special guest today, Brock Thurgood, Senior Account Executive with KSL.com. Brock, we are damn glad to have you here yeah. today. I like the special. Thank you. I, I feel special being here with you guys, and thanks for having me today. Well, we've known you for a, a very, very, very long time. We've done a ton of work with you over the years, but I'd love to hear, just in your own words, just tell us a little bit about yourself, tell us a little bit about your experience and and kind of your your life in sales to this day. Yeah, no. I start from birth. <laughs> so I've been with KSL.com probably about 16 and a half years now. I started selling TV commercials, as Oliver probably remembers. Oh, yeah. I was working with Oz Marketing back when Oz was just a one office and, yep. and Oliver was running it. and Just a fledgling babe. Dude, always had good ideas, always calling me with new ideas and things that we could do together to partner. And yeah, so I, I kind of morphed into digital sales as, as internet kind of took over. And that's what I do now. I work for Deseret Digital Media, um, selling strictly digital advertising. So it's been a good run. And Brock, what, what draws you towards sales? Like, you know, cause I, I know I, you know, I've worked with you for a lot, a lot of years and I look, I see you as one of the best salesperson that I know, very nice hands down. Very what nice draws you towards sales? You know, you'd probably expect me to say, you know, I'm, I'm a people person or this or that. I, I kind of enjoy the chase of it. I kind of enjoy the getting clients results. That to me is fun because when you see them get results, you know, you've done your job. So yeah, love that. You're solving problems for you. Yeah. You're solving problems. I'm just a fan of helping them grow. That's I awesome. think that that's probably the number one thing on my list is if you're doing well, I'm doing well. And so it means a lot to me to be successful that way versus, you know, I'm a people person or I'm this or that. Cause I'm, I'm not great that, that way, but I do try to help you grow. And that's number one on my list for sales. It's a great outlook. It's a fantastic outlook. And I'm very excited for the perspective that you're going to bring with us on this episode and, and on the next couple of episodes. And, and I do want to start off real fast before we jump into our topic. I do want to throw a little bit of an offer out, a challenge. Oh, man. I want to throw out a $100 Power Sports gift card to the what? first what? person who listens to this episode and emails us at podcast at youngcoe.com. Can you say that email again? I'm going to pull out my phone. Oh, okay. oh, oh, it's I'm on sorry. its way. I'm the so email's sorry. in your inbox. I'm so sorry, Brock. <laughs> uh, nobody in this room qualifies. Uh, see dealer for details. Uh, terms and conditions apply. <laughs> Great so. service at Power Sports. By the way. I was there yesterday, and they took good care of me. Awesome. So. Glad to hear that. So shoot us an email. You, you, sorry, podcast at young not youngpowersports.com. Podcast at youngcoe.com. Sorry, gentlemen, the coffee hasn't kicked in yet. And, and honestly, it's, it's making me a little angry. Whoa. It's making me a little angry. It's too early to be angry. <laughs> that, my, that my coffee has not kicked in. And, and, and I wanted to follow up with you, Oliver, about, about some, some things that you've it. made me a little angry about. This segue, man, that was dialed. It was, it was rough. Especially it was rough. with the lack of coffee. It was rough. Because I know Tim needs his coffee. Mm -hmm. So today, what, the, the subject I, I wanted to talk about today was the thing that makes most people mad 
or the the complaint I get more than any other complaint, probably by double, is a lack of follow-up. Now, when I ask people what my most common complaint is, what do you think they tell me? I haven't heard. or anybody. Oh, from salespeople or customers? When I ask ask customers or salespeople, hey, guess what my most regular complaint is? A lack of communication or a lack of response to a question being asked. Yeah, I never heard back from them. I never heard back from them. But if I were to ask a normal, like, salesperson, they're probably like, hey, we're too pushy. We're this or that. But the honest reality is the most common complaint I get from our customers is, I never heard back from you. And it's sad, right? Because why would a customer ever have to say, I never heard back from you? It it should absolutely never happen. And that's where I want to start. Why do you think this happened? why, Why do you think we don't respond to customers? I think from a salesperson's perspective, it's often that they feel like they can't solve the customer's problem. They're not able to actually provide a solution that's going to work for them for all the different types of reasons. Maybe the customer inadvertently told the salesperson something about their personal situation that the salesperson just thought, wow, that's going to be a lot harder than the effort I'm willing to put in. Sure. And so the the salesperson feels that. Mm -hmm. And so they have this little bit of fear of, I can't solve this problem. Yep. And so they don't do what? They don't, they don't reach back they out. They don't reach back out. No. Yeah. They just, they put in their head a story of why they can't help that person. And it adds just enough fear that they stop doing anything. Yep. And it just, and it just kills them. And really, I, you know, most salespeople will say it's because of disorganization. Now, I can absolutely say if you're not organized, you're not going to be a good salesperson. You have to be able to follow up with your clients on a regular basis in order or and be organized enough to do so. But I don't think that that's what kills follow up. What kills follow up, I think, is fear. Agreed. Now, the fear that I think kills most people is actually self-projection. What self-projection is, it means that you put yourself in your customer's shoes and think if you were them, how would you react? And so you're projecting yourself on your customer. And so before you even call the customer, you think, would I want that call? Now, again, you as a salesperson, what have you been doing all day? Calling different customers, following up with different people. And then you sit there and think, would I want that call? And all of a sudden you go, you know, I probably wouldn't want that call because of X, Y, and Z. And I, w- I would be, be, be mad. And so what am I going to do? Not call. Yeah, call. just avoid. Don't follow up. Not, not follow up. So that's called self-projection. Because do you know that the customer wants follow-up or not? No. So you're projecting your own values, your own level of service into that customer's head and then assuming that they don't want to sell or that they don't want to follow up. Mm-hmm. And so what do you do? Just avoid Nothing. Them. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. I think that is the biggest deterrent to a salesperson's follow-up. And, and Brock, would you agree with me on yeah, that? Yeah, I agree. I actually, <clears throat> excuse me. I actually read something that you wrote on LinkedIn probably a month or so ago that said the biggest leader of inactivity is fear. Fear yeah. will cause you to just not do something. And so overcoming fear, especially in sales, is so important because, you know, 
I'd rather not have a sale from somebody because I tried than because I just didn't do anything at all because Absolutely. I didn't follow up. So. I love that. Yeah. And I'm glad somebody reads stuff on my, on my, yes, uh, my those it. articles that I write. So hey. Oz, if, if I'm understanding you correctly, so what you're saying is, let's say a, a customer came into one of our automotive stores and they were looking for a specific vehicle, maybe for a child. And they said, Hey, I've only got a $15,000 budget. And we didn't have a vehicle at that time that met the need. And then as the salesperson was looking around, they identified maybe a seventeen dollars or $18,000 vehicle. Mm-hmm. But because the sales professional is projecting, man, this will be more than the customer originally told me, they have the fear that if they call and reach out with that potential solution, if they follow up, the customer's just going to say, no, that's more than I told you. Yep. And so instead, they do nothing. Yep. Is that right? Absolutely. It, you, you know what it kind of sounds like is those little, you know, those little made up fights that you have with, oh, your, yeah. with your spouse or your partner uh, on the drive home. Uh, it's like, well, I'm, I, you know, I'm going to say this and then she's probably going to say that. And then mm-hmm. I'm going to say this and then she's going to say that. And then I'm, and then it, and then it never happens. It never happens. It never ends up that way. So why would you think it would end up that way in this situation? And you go to worst case scenario. Yeah, you have you're like, time. if I call that customer back and it's a $16,000 car and not a $15,000 car, then they're going to probably be super mad at me and then I'm going to feel terrible and then I won't get the next three sales and life will be terrible. So I'm not going to do what? <laughs> I'm not even going to make a phone call. When the reality is what? They might just say, you know, I'm okay. Or they might go, oh, you know what? That's not too far out of our budget. Let's cut, let us come and see it. Yeah, Nick, I actually right? want that. You know what? Thanks for helping me. And and, so. and I would imagine, you know, with the digital sellers that you work with, Brock, mm-hmm. this is the same thing, right? A customer saying, I want X, Y, and Z, but they're too afraid to say, to, to explore other options. Yeah. And, and it's something that I think you learn as you go to try to overcome that, you know, especially a newer, newer seller in our building, you get more afraid of a no. And so inactivity is yeah. something that they're comfortable with at the yeah. time. So yeah. they're, they're fine with not hearing a no because- at least that it don't. means that it's still out there and there's still hope for that seller. Even that, if that hope is a mad customer yep. because you haven't followed up with them. Yep. And eventually you've got to learn the, the way to feed your family and, and to close deals is- Get more no. You got to get to the no. <laughs> you got to get to the no. And yep. the fifth no, as you guys have talked about before, and mm-hmm. then you're doing business. And I think yep. you find after you do that, you really, you feel better about yourself as a seller. You're doing a better service to your own company you yeah. work with. Love it. We, we've established that fear is what's holding us back. Now, the fear generally is of an angry customer, that they're going to be upset because you push too hard or you followed up too much. Yep. So with that being said, how many, what percentage of customers should you make mad? 10%. <laughs> so whenever uh, now, I ask, now, 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 yeah. here, now here's the question: Are you are you saying what percentage of customers should you try to make mad? Yeah, well, not try to make okay. mad because I would mean, say push, zero. Push to yeah. the limit where and this is uncomfortable. So whenever I ask a group of salespeople, what are the what what are they answering? They're going to say zero. Zero. They'll yeah. all say zero. Yeah. How many customers should you make angry over your follow up? Zero. And everybody says zero. Yeah. And I go okay. Let's think of this in a bell curve. So okay. does everybody know what a bell curve is? Hopefully, yeah. you can see my hand. It, it starts small on one end, goes up in the middle, and down and st- small, right? It's yep. like that, that, how things work in the world. On the bell curve, in the middle, you have the average. And if you go out to the sides, you have the extremes. Mm-hmm. So you have one extreme that if you make one phone call, the dude is going to be pissed. Yep, They're going to be like, what the hell? 
you're following up with me relentlessly. Stop calling me. Yeah. Yeah. What's the other extreme? You don't call them at all. And so they finally. Oh, no, no, no. The other extreme, if you follow up. Oh. The... So one is one call. Oh, I see. Pissed. I've, yeah. I've been waiting by the phone all day. Yep. And you've made eight calls. You've left four voicemails. You've talked to them three times. And what do they say? They never followed up with me. Yep. Yeah. You and is, have you had that customer brought? Oh yeah, I, th- I think we all have. That's <laughs> yeah. why we're all smiling right yeah, now because yeah, they cust- exist. Yeah. So you have both ends of the spectrum. Somebody who's like, I expect a phone call every freaking hour for mm-hmm. a good follow up, mm-hmm. and you have the other end of the spectrum that is what one phone call one is phone too call, much. you're pissing me off. Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> if that's the case, in order to properly serve your people, how many people should you make angry? That person with one phone call should be angry. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not even making these people angry, you're not even coming close to serving the average of the bell. So you have to have at least 10 to 20% of people say, you know what, I need you to stop following up with me. Why? Because they're the end of the the bell curve that is that is going to be annoyed with uh, the simplest of all follow-up. Mm-hmm. And if you get a little bit of anger... That's okay. It's okay to see because you're trying to do what? Help somebody. Yeah. You're trying to help somebody move forward. Yeah. And so in order to do so, you have to make sure that you're making people angry. So what you're saying is- <laughs> It's weird to say. If you're not making a few people angry, you're not following up with everybody. Exactly. Because some people are just naturally going to get angry from follow-up. Yeah, absolutely. Now, And Brad, when, when have you seen that, like the power of follow-up to where- you have that balance of making, you know, pushing enough mm-hmm. to where people are like, whoa, you're following up too much. And that other side of you're not following up enough. Yeah. So on on the side of you're pushing too much, very rarely, but a manager might get a phone call from a customer saying, hey, your people are calling me too often. And honestly, those are those are great words to hear. The other side of that is as you are calling too often, at least you're still top of mind. And whenever you get a product or good or service that's going to meet their need, you're the person they're thinking of. But I, I think what happens more often than not, and as as you mentioned, it's the lack of calls. Mm-hmm. There's not enough. And that's when customers get upset. And those are the ones we hear from the most. Yep. And and uh, and honestly, like Tim, you were saying that fight with your wife or whatever, right? You you have this made up f- fantasy of how it's going to go so terribly wrong, right? Mm-hmm. You should, as a sales professional, look to hopefully have people tell you, stop stop following up mm-hmm. with me. And the reason why is because if you know you're doing that, you know you're stepping up and helping everybody across the spectrum. So if you haven't had somebody tell you, stop it, you probably need to step it up. Yeah. You probably need to find out more ways. Now, I'm not saying be a jerk about it. I'm right. not saying be relentless, relentless and never, you know, and hound everybody to the last dying breath. But I am saying if you're not getting regular complaints by 10 to 20% of your your people that you're following up with, you're probably not trying hard enough. There's a guy that I, I worked with. Uh, this would have been 15 years ago at... Well, maybe I shouldn't say the name of the company. There's a guy that I worked with Blank about 15 company. years ago selling RVs. And after he and I both left, he went on to sell real estate. This was 15 years ago. He calls me every six months 
to see if I'm still in the, to see if I'm in the market for a house still to this day, 15 years later. Isn't that awesome? That's yeah. incredible. Will you use him if you do buy a house? I feel bad because I bought one 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and I did not use him, but I had a, I had family in next real estate. Time, so next yeah, time. Next time. But, but the big thing on that piece is a lot of people go, I will use him. Why? Sure. Because if there's an issue, he's easy to get a hold of because he's reached out it, to me. It, yeah. He's, and, he's got the same phone number and I'm obviously still in his book. So. Yeah. Yeah. I want to make sure I leave this with a how. Because, you know, we're talking about following up and, I, and sometimes I don't like just philosophical stuff. So how do you follow up with somebody? The the one I wanted to go up with is email. Do customers use email? And I want to talk email voicemail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Yep. Oftentimes, we communicate the way that we communicate. The way that we prefer to communicate. So yes. I personally will communicate the way that I prefer to communicate, not necessarily the way that somebody else yes. that I'm dealing with prefers to communicate. And we think that everybody communicates the way that we prefer to communicate. Right. So a lot of people don't listen to voicemails now. Mm-hmm. What do you think the population of people that don't listen to voicemails at all? Oh, man, it's got to be getting like 80%. Yeah. They 80%. might read it if it transcribes. Yeah. yeah. That's that's what I do. I never listen anymore. Yeah, I always just read the transcription. Yeah. But do you guys agree that that still leaves 20% of people that listen to it? Absolutely. Yeah. So what's funny about voicemail, we say people don't listen to voicemails because you might not listen to voicemail. Yep. And so what do you decide not to do? Leave a voicemail. Because you think it's a waste of time. Yep. But that means there's 20% of people that you're just saying, I know you prefer that. I'm not going to waste my time with that garbage. Yep. And so you don't leave a voicemail. So you're saying leave a voicemail every time, every customer. So when you follow up, you need to leave a voicemail. Leave a voicemail that allows them to think, if I call back, there's more. Mm-hmm. There's a little, like put something in there. And and what would be the typical voicemail, Brad, that you've left in the past? Because I know you. Yeah. Yeah. So it just sounds something like, hey, Oliver, it's Brad over here at Young Buick GMC in Layton. I've got some great news for you. Give me a call back. And that was that's leaving a little hint. Of there's great news. Yep. What does that mean? And all of a sudden I go, ah, fetch. I need to call him back because there's great news. Yep. So finding some way to leave a knowledge gap that the person has to cross that line in order to find to call you back. Mm-hmm. Right? I like that. Uh, an email is very similar. The point of an email oftentimes we think is to get on a phone call. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because a phone call seems so much more efficient than an email. Right. But are there people that don't like to get on phone calls? Lots of people. Yeah. Salespeople? Yep. Yeah. Because yeah. they're afraid of them. Mm. And so they like to hide behind their email. So if you email a customer for the first time, what's the goal? To get some kind of contact back. Yep, to get some sort of response. So the thing that I like to do is ask questions. And so an email should be short and sweet because we read them via phone now instead of just on the computers. And so it should be a one-liner, hey, thanks for reaching out. Three quick questions that make you, or that, that help get them to understand that whenever you're talking about sales, there's a lot of different things that you might need to know about, right? And a quick... If you'd like to jump on a quick call, but it's often the best opportunity, what's the best number to reach you at? And all of a sudden, boom, you'll be moving forward a lot faster. Yeah, I think less is more. Emails, texts, I mean, voicemail. I couldn't agree. Less is always more because they're going to glance at it quickly and and know what you want and hopefully call you back, text you back. 
That's fantastic. Oliver, do we have an action item for this week? So the action item for this week, and I hate, it's a weird one, but make somebody mad with your follow-up. <laughs> is that weird? Is that the, that's not as weird as some of the weird stuff we've covered on well, here? Uh, yeah. I, so, so what I'm saying is, in the next week, you have to be so aggressive that you have at least one person that you're following up with tell you to stop following up with them. Well, and I think another word for aggressive is just consistent. Consistent, right? Because yeah. aggressive can have a negative connotation mm-hmm. sometimes. I but love just that word. Be consistent, consistent in your follow up. Be water. Be, be water. water. Just be, be the stream. water. All right. Well, it is time, as usual, for Tim's copious notes. I have been notating the entire episode. So we're talking today about follow-up and potentially making people angry with it. Look, follow-up is the most common complaint that customers will have, lack of follow-up, that is. So why don't we follow up? Well, we've, we've talked about how we can't, uh, we feel like we can't necessarily solve the customer's problems, or we've talked about how disorganization might be an excuse But honestly, the biggest reason is going to be fear. Fear is the reason that we don't follow up. And it's fear mostly through self-projection. We project our own hangups, our own values, our own expectations onto the customer. And it's typically the worst case scenario, but it will rarely go the way that you think it will. So you just have to follow up. And if it's a no, you need to get to it and get through it. The biggest cause of inactivity is going to be fear. It's going to paralyze you. You've just got to get past it. How many customers should we make mad with follow-up? The, uh, the answer, the number is not zero. If you're not making a few people angry, you're not following up with everyone or you're not following up enough. You should have people telling you to stop following up. And that is our action item today. Get somebody to tell you to stop following up. <laughs> so realistically, practically, how do we follow up? We've talked about email. We've talked about voicemail. Really, we should be doing both because we do tend to communicate the way that we prefer to be communicated with, but you might be communicating with somebody that doesn't prefer to communicate the way that you do. So you need to leave a voicemail. And in that voicemail, drop a hint, drop a little knowledge gap that the customer will have to follow up with you to close. If you're leaving an email, ask questions. Keep it short and sweet, but leave three quick questions and ask for the best number to reach them. And honestly, just less is more when you're following up through email. But above all, just be water. Be, be, water. be, be water. I think we've said that Love before. That. <laughs> so anyway, we want to thank you for listening to this episode. Brock, thank you for being here. This has been fantastic. You're going to hang out and do a couple more with us. And again, if you have listened to this episode and you have not emailed us yet, you've got a $100 Power Sports gift card on the line. I already the won. First it's person. gone. It's off the table, <laughs> you guys. Brock took I'm it. halfway there. See dealer for details. $100 Power Sports gift card to the first person who emails us to podcast at youngcoe.com. Use that email if you have questions as well. And if you have ideas for future podcasts, we would love to hear from you. We always love to hear from you. And if you haven't left us a review on iTunes, please hop online, leave us a couple of stars, leave us five if you're feeling spicy about it, and leave us a couple of kind words as well if you'd like. And if you do know anybody who could benefit from listening to this podcast, please follow them in the parking lot and put it in their ears, the podcast. Put the podcast in their ears. Hey, that, that right. coffee's kicking in, I think in, the coffee's Tim. kicking in a little it's, bit. It's definitely kicking in. All right. I, I think it's time we wrap this one up. Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate the conversation we've had today. And Dana and y'all. <laughs>